Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, you're about to hear some very fun stories from our next guest, Sean Harper. Sean is a former professional football player who was drafted by the Los Angeles Rams in the 1992 NFL Draft. Oh my gosh, you guys, the story of how he celebrated after hearing his name called on TV was hilarious. Not what I was expecting. No. Not at all. Now, we did talk a little bit about football at first, but what I wanted to know is what is it like for a professional athlete when that day comes and they're no longer a professional athlete? For Sean, he had played football from second grade until around the age of 30. So what is it like when there's no team to play for? You will hear that and more on today's episode of Tell Us a Good Story. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. All right, Steph, are you ready to have a fun conversation? I am so excited right now. Yes, I'm I know you're excited. so excited right now. We have both been looking forward to this. Yes, we have. Absolutely. So friends, our next guest is a former NFL player who is now an author, nationally known speaker, and owner of a large security services firm here in Columbus, Ohio. He has traveled to all 50 states, inspiring people and sharing the obstacles he has faced and had to overcome. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Sean Harper. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. Thank you guys so much for having me. One small correction, I have not been to Hawaii yet. Uh, I, I have to get there now. You've challenged me. There you I, love, go. I think your wife will appreciate this challenge. Shh, don't tell her. I'm a <laughs> We're going. <laughs> well, thank you for saying yes to us, Sean. And first of all, I want to share with listeners the story of how we met. Okay. Now, I've had multiple people, Sean, reach out to me and say, you need to have Sean Harper on as a guest. And even though we go to the same church, we had never met before. We had never met before, and I did not want my first time approaching you to be like, Mr. Harper, can you please be on our podcast <laughs> and radio show, and will you sign this football for me as well, sir? <laughs> so I was not comfortable reaching out to you. <laughs> However, two weeks ago, we had a church function, and it just so happened we sat directly beside you and your wife, Falana, and hit it off. And yeah. my wife talked your ear off about pizza and food oh, my gosh, the rest of the best night. Best night ever. And Best night ever. And the second thing, Sean, is I want to thank you as well for giving me a fist bump when we met that night. Because later on, as I was researching you and preparing for this conversation, I found out that you can rip a telephone book in half <laughs> and roll a frying pan with your bare hands. So thank you for not shaking my hand, <laughs> sir, because... <laughs> Oh my you know what? Thank you. For, you know, I I have been on tons of podcasts and very few people do their research. They look over a couple notes, glance over the internet and boom. You know what? God bless you for doing your research. I mean, that's awesome. I did a lot of holding when I was playing football and, and every offensive lineman holds. The, the question is whether you get caught or not. And we've learned how to just, you know, hide our holding. But that's all we do. We just hold our game. 
Yeah, all so, day. So when did you learn you had this feat of strength in you? That- right, like, like, what happened? So, yes. so I was with this, this um, evangelical group called the Power Team, right? Oh, uh, yes. These are the guys that ripped phone books and roll up frying pans back in the 90s. And, and they're like, we're going to let Sean rip a phone book. And I tried in front of like a thousand people and embarrassed myself. Next week, tried again, tried again. We just kept doing it. And, and then after about three or four years, I kind of got the knack of it. And uh, it was just basically trial by error. You know, you just learn how to do it. And the rest is history. Yeah. So don't be surprised when we have dinner when I bring a frying pan <laughs> in my purse to and test I just them out. It out. I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, get your, your trick. Get the camera out. <laughs> no problem. Let's do it. Oh my goodness, awesome. that is insane. So, were you part of the power team? Yes. Really? How long yes. were you part of that? Uh, with the power team from. 94 up, right up to around 2000 when I was playing football on the off seasons, I would go with them. When I wasn't playing, I would travel with them. It has probably um, served as my foundation for speaking and ministry. Really? Yeah. So I remember them as a kid and just being just shocked by the, the, the things that they were doing, right? With, with bending metal bars, breaking bats, ripping phone books. What was one of the more crazy things then you saw as being part of that team? Wow. So we were at uh, a very famous pastor's church okay, in Texas. Okay. And I seen a guy named Keenan and the feet was called a triple mantis. And he was probably like 12 feet in the air. And he jumped on one set of scaffoldings, another set of scaffoldings and another set of scaffoldings. And he jumped on the floor. And when he jumped from the scaffolding down to the floor, he broke his leg. Oh, no. I'm thinking that his leg was broke on the second jump, but the adrenaline just carried him through. Yeah. I mean, people got hurt. Well, Sean, let me brag on you. So for all of our guests, we always give a list of fun facts. And and I have not informed my wife of this because I like seeing her authentic first-time reaction when I give a list of fun facts of our guests. All right. So Steph, before we get into the obstacles he's overcome to get to this moment, went to junior college in Mason City, Iowa, after graduating from Independence High School here in Columbus. And now he's in the Junior College Hall of Fame. Then moved on to play offensive tackle at Indiana University. Love it. His junior year at Indiana, his team was ranked as high as number 20 in college football. He played with Trent Green, who was a 15-year NFL pro, Pro Bowl player. He's now a CBS commentator for NFL games. Played with Vaughn Dunbar, who's All-American running back, uh, Heisman Trophy candidate. Yeah. Then he played for the iconic and Indiana's winningest head football coach, Bill Mallory. Yes. What was, what was he like? I'll stop there. What was he like, Sean, Coach Bill you Mallory? You know what? To me, he was the apex of leadership. He looked at the individual, and he had the mindset of, I'm not just raising a football player. I have this guy for four, maybe five years. I'm going to raise a man. I'm going to fill in the gaps. I'm going to allow God to use me to fill the gaps and the shortcomings that were there. And I'm going to help raise up a man. And he was so precise. And he realized that his actions, his decisions had such weight. It carried so much 
that it uh, exuded and that the players were watching. One time he had faced a suspension because he had, you know, said some things wrong to the ref. Either A, take a suspension or B, pay a $10,000 fine. I was there. The phone lines blew up. I'm talking seven, eight figure guys and women called in from all over the world voluntarily paying that $10,000 fine. But he much rather take the suspension as saying, hey, I was wrong and there's no easy way out of it. Forget the win. My character is stronger than a win. Just taking accountability for his actions. So, so what led you to Indiana versus maybe another Big Ten school, Sean? Like, like uh, Ohio State? Yeah, right. coming from Columbus, because I'm curious, <laughs> Sean, I'm, cl- I'm curious what it was even like playing, right, in the horseshoe or playing against Ohio State because stuff. Yeah. I looked up the years he played. Mm-hmm. They tied Ohio State yep. his junior really? year. They tied them. It was like 27-27 yeah. or something. Yep, 27-27. Played so, tie. what happened, so I left high school with a 1.62 accumulative GPA, nine on my ACT, documented with four to five learning disabilities. And I barely started in high school football. I wasn't even honorable mention all conference. And so I go off to this junior college in Mason City, Iowa, like 26,000 blonde hair, blue eyes. Everyone's last name is Schneider. Okay. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like in the middle of these cornfields, right? But I had this little secret dream of playing for Ohio State. So I started calling Ohio State for my first year and my second year. And I spoke to the coaches and they're like, we're not interested in junior college athletes. I call back. We're not interested. And finally, one day I hung up and I was angry. I said, the next Big Ten school that calls me, mind you, none, not one Big Ten school has called, but the next Big Ten school that calls me, I'm signing. I don't care who it is. And within a week, Indiana called and said, we were, uh, we were looking for some offensive linemen and you popped up on our radar. We want you to fly in for a visit. I said, I'm flying in and I'm signing. Wow. I, one, that's incredible. But yeah. two, to then come home back to Columbus, yeah. playing in the horseshoe, in the shoe. family and friends there. Family like, friends. How was your, was like your heart pounding? Or you're like, this is happening. I'm going to destroy a high estate for not picking me. Oh, I was so pumped. I was, <laughs> I was probably, probably the greatest games I've had were against Ohio State. But it was very interesting also because, remember, I went to Independence. I'm from Columbus. My neighbor, well, actually, he lived on the next street. We grew up together. We played football in the street together. He he was a star at Ohio State at the same time. His name was Roger Harper. Oh, and yes. So, yeah. So he was a star. And so we would play football. And so he went off to obviously Ohio State and I met Indiana and we meet up in the horseshoe. And it was just, man, the, the energy, the actual adrenaline, you know, even a couple of tears. You go, okay, I finally have a chance to play in the shoe. I might not be playing for Ohio State, but I'm playing in the shoe. Fun fact, though, one uh, play, about third quarter, and we were blocking, and I think Bob Dunbar, who's a Heisman candidate, had about, about six or seven yards one play. The play is over, and all of a sudden, I feel this hit. It was a wham, and it knocks me right on my butt. The play's over. I look at the ref. There's no flag. And I look up and it's Roger Harper. (laughs) And he says to me, 
that this hit is for that scar. See that scar right here? That scar. You pushed me down when we were seven. You that scar, I'll never forget. I said, Roger, let it go, man. I looked, I looked at the ref. I'm like, ref, did you see that? The ref is like, hey, play ball. <laughs> the ref was in on it. Everyone was in on it. So yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's funny. Okay. I love IU. Grew up loving IU. Really? Yes. yes. Grew up in Northwest Ohio. Northwest Ohio. My dad was Notre Dame. Notre Dame football. Indiana IU basketball. Basketball. Bobby yeah. Knight. IU. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you met Bobby Knight? Yes. <gasps> okay. Let's talk about that. How was it? <laughs> Any good stories? Yes. You know what? He was more, believe it or not, Coach Knight was more of an introvert. Really? Yeah, he's just to himself. He's fine. He would go shopping like late at night. I mean, he would he would go shopping right at like you know the store Kroger's. You know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning, all by himself. You know, he was just at home. He was a down the earth person. Get him on that court, he turns into an animal. But outside the court, he's like, "Hey, man, that's just you know, I'm like everybody else," which was awesome. Mm-hmm. So then Sean was drafted. Are we back to fun facts? Yes, back to fun fun facts. facts. Okay. So then Sean was drafted in the fourth round of the 1992 NFL draft by the Los Angeles Rams. Okay, okay. Number number 87 overall. Okay, let's talk about that. So did you get a phone call? Was your heart pounding? You're like, oh my gosh, my phone's ringing. Who is it? It's not our area code. This is the different area code. Like what was going through your mind with that? To be honest, actually, I was supposed to go to the New Orleans Saints. Uh-huh. In the third round. So to sit there, you know, draft day can be very interesting. I tell you what, there are a lot of people who have draft parties who who never get drafted. Right. And they're around their friends and maybe the phone's going to ring and they're calling their agent. What's going on? There's 15 people around eating shrimps and hors d'oeuvres that you didn't pay for and, <laughs> and all the music. And dude, they're going to call you next. And it's that one friend, dude, they're calling you next. Dude, they're calling you next. I feel it in my spirit, bro. <laughs> and so this happens a lot. So I didn't want to have a huge party. In fact, it was just two of us, me and a friend of mine. We're just sitting, I'm sitting in my college apartment. And I'm watching the draft. I'm like, okay, it's it's the, it's the third round. And then it's the fourth round. The phone rings. And the guy says, hey, this is such and such from the Rams. Are you ready? Now, listen, at first I thought it was a prank because, you know, people prank. Hey, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, man, get off the phone, man. Keep the phone <laughs> line Keep the phone line clear, man. So the phone rings. It's like, this is such and such from the Rams. Like, you ready? I said, coach, I'm ready. He said, stay on the phone, stay on the phone. And then within 10 seconds, the man walks up with the 87 pick overall, the Los Angeles Rams select Sean Harper, Indiana. And I'm watching myself, the stats. And he's like, I'll see you in LA. Click. I was like, whoa, I'm trying. It is like, it is crazy. And then, and then, you know what we did? We splurged. Like me and my friend, we went up and went to Red Lobster, right? <laughs> post, your post-draft party at Red Lobster. With the Red Lobster, we ate crab. <laughs> you get those biscuits. Oh, oh, keep them coming. So keep them coming, baby. Yeah. <laughs> And then, of course, I had like a thousand messages and it was in the Columbus Dispatch here. And yeah. Oh, that is That's awesome. amazing. All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? 
Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. So what's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good was. book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinAndStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Back to fun facts, Fun though. facts, yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I, had, so, I digress. Yes. Sean had a seven-year professional career. All right. So, he played for the LA Rams, Houston Oilers, Indianapolis Colts, then in Info Europe, Amsterdam Admirals. And yes. the Frankfurt Galaxy. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. With the Amsterdam Admirals, his quarterback was Kurt Warner. What? <laughs> what? Oh, I love Kurt Warner. He's like, what a great man. And just yeah. the way his career ended. Well, what, I mean, what was he? What was he like back then? Did you know, like, he was a future NFL guy? Or, like, what was he like before he just blew up? That was God's project. Mm. What I mean by that is, is that this guy served God. I mean, I mean, I, I love the Lord. I was a Christian, but not like Kirk. Kirk was like super Christian, right? And so, you know, he was the guy that would walk up and down uh, uh, Canal Street or be in Amsterdam witnessing the people right next to the red light district. I mean, he led Bible studies with him. Christ was his entire being. Like he was like the modern day Apostle Paul, right? And God's like, you know what? I could take you and I can promote you. And God says, I need people to represent me. And he put them on different pedestals. He went from there, he went to the Rams, and then he went to the Super Bowl, and he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And God just kept promoting that because why? Because every other sentence out of his mouth was Jesus Christ. He was a great person. He is a great person. Out of all of your teams, what was your favorite one to be on? Rams. Really? Oh, my gosh. Because the Rams... They really cater to their offensive linemen. Being in Southern California, you have no idea. Like, I'm from South Side of Columbus, and I'm driving to the beach every morning at 540 just to pray at Newport Beach. Man, I'm like, you guys live like this? Like, you guys really live like this? Like, the beach is right here. It's, it didn't rain. It's never going to rain here. And, and the sky is blue every day, and you can go to the mountains and Big Bear. And you can go over here, and you can eat shrimps. Are you kidding me? Come like on. paradise. Yeah. yeah. Coming from Columbus, yeah. Iowa, Bloomington to LA. Yes, I could see oh, that. Amazing. That is paradise. I'm, I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, man, this is awesome. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Being an offensive lineman, were yeah. you told that you have to have so many calories a day to keep your weight and strength up to be in no. the line? What they do is that every day when you walk into practice, they weigh you. Every day. Every day. Oh, wow. And you are, and back then they find you probably, it's probably like $1,000 a pound now. But back then it was $100 a pound per day. Wow. So, Sean, you should be weighing 290 pounds. If you're 295, that's $500. 
Oh my gosh. 285, that's $500. Ready, set, go. What? McDonald's or run some extra laps. Yeah. Oh man. You have to be 290 on the dot. They'll probably give you maybe like a pound or two grace. That's it. Oh, I was like, oh, I'll be five pounds over. (laughs) Nailed it. But when you talk, you have to pay for five pounds over. No, no, no. Not setting your wallet. Yeah. So, Steph, when he was with the Colts, Uh his quarterback, Jim Harbaugh. You know, Jim Harbaugh, he was a beast. He's a winner, and there's very few people that is in their DNA. Like, I'm going to win. You can see it in their eyes. Like, I'm going to win. I don't care. Down 100 to zero, I'm going to win. So to see the demise at Michigan, you know, I haven't been able to wrap my mind around what's going on. Because when he first got the job at Michigan, I was extremely concerned. Because he is a winner, and he makes other people better. I think a lot of people were concerned. I know, yeah, as a high state fans, I was like, oh, yeah. this isn't good. Now I want them to this sign him to a uh, <laughs> lifetime contract. So last fun fact Seth, okay. about Sean. Okay, you ready for this? I, I put it last for a reason. All right. So shortly after his playing career ended, Sean was featured on an episode of MTV's Made. Yeah. Where he helped a high school student with a rough pass become the prom king. What? And as I was looking at this, I'm like, man. I could have used Sean back in high school myself. You really could have used Sean back in high school. Let's all be honest with this. Yeah. How did that happen, Sean? There is another speaker, Harvey Alston, and he's he's located in Central Ohio, and he's a very powerful speaker. And I believe that they contacted him, and they were asking whether any other people that he knew of that could be a host. And so they gave me a call. And we started talking and I was originally bumped because I was going to do an episode in Columbus, but they found this running back named Eddie George, right? Who? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> they found this Eddie George is running back, right? And he did the episode in Columbus, but they needed help with an episode in Cincinnati. So I would literally commute from Columbus to Cincinnati, maybe three times a week to go down there and coach him for six or seven weeks to get him to the point that he was a prom prince. Wow. Wow. So did you, after the show ended, do you ever, did you ever keep in contact with him to see? Up up to for about a year. Okay. And then after that, I, I haven't spoken to him since. Oh my gosh. I can imagine just the confidence yeah. That you would have helped him just from a self-confidence perspective yeah. to change how he thought about himself to how he able, carried himself. How he carried himself. Like almost like a, a complete makeover. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I tried to find that that episode. Could not find the episode. Um but yeah, that's incredible that you're on MTV's made. Yeah, yeah. To call the king out of the kid was huge. That was a blessing. Yeah. I've seen a little bit of me and Jordan, and you know, and a lot of people did. So yeah. yeah. Well, of course. We just went through a lot of accomplishments and fun facts. And you even mentioned briefly some of the obstacles you've overcome, right? You mentioned your ACT score. You mentioned your 1.62 GPA. You finished last in your high school class from a GPA perspective. Can you share some of the obstacles you've overcome? Because I was blown away, Sean, as I was researching you from the learning disabilities to getting injured in the NFL, right? Can you just share just a few of the things that you had to overcome? We talk about the learning disabilities. And one of the things that I've learned is that no one is disabled. You are uniquely enabled. And so there's things that you can do that the other person can't. Everyone has strengths. Everyone has weaknesses. It's like, you know what? 
I am uniquely enabled to do amazing things. But as you mentioned, it was a process, you know, repeating the first grade, having those learning disabilities, you know, not grown up poor, but grown up po. There's a big difference, right? And a lot of times we look at our setbacks and we look at our ailments and we look at our weaknesses as black marks in our life. But those are trophies that we can share with other people. And you have to move past that and find gratitude in that and say, you know what? I'm grateful I went through this experience and God brought me through. Now, where are the other Sean Harpers? Where are the other Jordans? Where are the other people that, you know what? But for the grace of God, they're not going to make it. God, send me. God, use me. I've been there. Wow. Mm. Can you share the story, Sean, with stuff about your second year with the Los Angeles Rams? And yeah. it looked like you had a career-ending injury. Can you share that? what happened there? Yeah. So I'm in practice and I feel a pop in my right foot. And, you know, I'm a Big Ten football player. So, you know, we're tough. Right. So a, a little bit of pain, a pop, that's nothing. You'll fix it later. Just get back into practice, make the team. But I couldn't walk. And they rushed me to the hospital. And Clarence Shields, one of the best surgeons in the country, said, son, that's the fifth metatarsal Jones bone fracture. He paused, he looked at me, and he said, son, your season and possibly your career is over right now. And they carted me back to the room, and I went to the hospital as an NFL football player, and I came back as someone who possibly would never play football again. And I love Sean Harper, the NFL football player, but I hated Sean Harper. So now you're stripping me of me. I'm being stripped of my identity. And it was a very, very painful moment day to day, not knowing. In fact, the word came down, as soon as you're healthy, we're going to cut you. And I'm like, wow. And being walked through that moment actually solidified my relationship and my standing with God. And I, you know what? I played again. You know, I played about five more years, uh, but I played the game. The game no longer played me. Because I realized that, you know, who I am is much deeper than a football player. My identity is attached to something that nothing in this world has authority over anymore. You know, Sean, one thing that really impresses me about you, a lot of ex-athletes have a hard time when they're out of the spotlight, right? When the football's over, you know, a lot of, a lot of athletes end up getting into coaching, right? Because that's, that's all they know. That's all they've done like their whole life for you you had a, a very impactful second career after football and, and you've used this platform to impact so many people's lives. But I'm curious, what was it like the day football's no longer there? What was that like for you, Sean? Well, it's not so much of what was that day like, it's the season. So let me, let me share it with you like this. You know, I've been playing football since the second grade, right? Right. And it's not that, that you see the train slow down is one day the train just stops. It's over. But in the back of your mind, you're like, you know, I'll play next year, you know, find another team. But then June comes, July comes, and it's weird because your body is sensing it's time to go play football, but you're like, I have nowhere to go. And you smell the grass, you see the preseason games, and your mouth starts to water, your attitude, you get kind of like antsy, but there's nowhere to go. You got to find a place to put that energy. 
You have to find a place. And yes, you're right. Most athletes, they don't leave the field. They get into coaching or do mentor, you know, because that's all they know. I guess in a way, I didn't leave either because I went from playing on the football stage to speaking on the stage. And what I was able to do also is that I was able to take the winning concept and then plug it into corporate America. And so I was able to bring that mindset from the NFL into corporate. Is it hard for you to watch football like after that first year that you didn't get picked up? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard now today in a different way. Why is that? Well, because I see things that most people don't see. Oh. When they're watching. Yeah. And the commentary and the commentary is like, well, this is what happened and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you have no idea what just happened. <laughs> That's not what happened. This is what happened. And this is why this is going to hurt this team later on. Yeah. And yeah. So you were talking about the obstacles and stuff you've overcome from your, your upbringing to finishing last in your high school class, to injuries, to people doubting you. For someone who's going through something right now, what would you tell them right now as they're going through this storm or they're going through this season of fear and doubt or anxiety of whether they can make it or not? What would you tell that person? I have a lot to tell them. I'm going to try to condense it. In life, you will get knocked down. There's no doubt. You will get knocked down. But when you get knocked down, if you can look up, baby, you can get up. It's the first thing I would tell them. Number two, I would tell them is persistence through resistance is the key. And you endure and you persevere through. And having your anchor anchored to something other than yourself. And so my anchor, when I feel the pain, when I feel the rejection, when I feel the hurt, when I feel the abandonment, is I anchor myself to Christ. Anything else you're anchored to is called idolatry. I'm anchored to Christ. Oh, that's good. Well, friends, for more information about Sean, you can go to his website, seanharper.org, or his Instagram page at seanharperspeaker. Fantastic, Sean. Thank you so much for saying yes to us. This was so much fun. Thank you, sir. Also, if you go to seanharper.co, seanharper.co, I I have an offer. I'm about about to take it down, though, that you'll get a free copy of my book. Just put your information in there, and you'll get a free digital copy of my book, The Winning Edge. And oh, will, that's awesome. And we will put that in the show notes then. Link Absolutely. To that. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Sean. Thank you. Be blessed. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. It's completely free, you guys. This helps us out big time with the folks who track this stuff. If you haven't already, we want to encourage you to please rate or even write us a review on Apple Podcast. We need as many as we possibly can, even if it's just one sentence. Thank you for listening, you guys, and sharing us with your friends. 